Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 and good morning i'm gary randall thank you so much for joining me today it's an honor today is wednesday march the 24th 2021 in the year of our lord today on march 24 1976 the president of argentina isabel perón was deposed by her own country's military that's what nancy pelosi wanted to do with Donald Trump, but she didn't, couldn't quite pull that off. Today in 1765, Britain enacted the Quartering Act, requiring American colonists to provide temporary housing to British soldiers. As you can imagine, that did not go over very well at all. Today in 1882, German scientist Robert Koch, he announced in Berlin that he had discovered the Baxillus responsible for tuberculosis. Today in 1958, if you care, Elvis Presley was inducted into the U.S. Army at the draft board in Memphis. They put him on a bus and sent him to Fort Chaffee, Arkansas, and then on to Germany later. Today in 1989, the super tanker, you'll remember this, Exxon Valdez ran aground on a reef in Alaska's Prince William Sound, began leaking crude oil. They said that it lost about 11 million gallons. They also said that Prince William Sound would never return to its natural beauty. It was ruined forever, for all time. Within just a few years, honest people who went there, scientists, said you could not find any evidence of the crude oil that had been spilled. It's interesting how nature, God's nature, has a way of sort of reconstituting itself given the opportunity. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be responsible and no, we shouldn't be leaking 11 million gallons of oil, crude oil anywhere except into a tank. But I am suggesting that we underestimate God's creation. There's a resiliency there that is denied by the left because they don't want it to be. They want to be more than caretakers of the environment. They want to rule and reign and use the environment as a tool to advance an agenda. God, after creating all that is, God said that he was giving mankind, man and woman, charge or stewardship. But it was not to be used as a political tool, which it often is. Today in 2019, Attorney General William Barr, he reported that Special Counsel Robert Mueller didn't find any evidence that President Donald Trump's campaign conspired or coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. Boy, if you're like me, did, didn't we get tired of hearing that? I mean, it was every day on the news. They were definite about it. He, Trump and Putin had, you know, anyway... There was nothing there. They announced it today in 2019. Ten years ago, ten years ago today, in fact, the Census Bureau released its first set of national-level findings from the 2010 count on race 
and migration. It showed the Hispanics accounted for more than half of the U.S. population increase, not half the population, but half the population increase over the previous decade. Exceeding estimates in most states, they crossed this new census milestone. This was 10 years ago today. 50 million Hispanics, or one in six Americans. Keep that in mind. I'm going to come back to something that's related to that in a few moments, so keep that in the back of your mind. But one year ago today, three of America's best-known national parks, Yellowstone, Grand Teton, and Great Smoky Mountains, they closed their gates to visitors. The Wuhan virus had struck. Today, today I would just mention in passing, today is former Washington Governor Christine Gregoire's birthday. She's 74 years old. I was reading this morning earlier from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. That's kind of the tone of of that chapter. I'm sure you've read it. Some of you may have memorized it. One thing I desired of the Lord, the psalmist says, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And then he writes, Teach me, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's the word of the Lord for anyone this morning who's with us on this program. That's the word of the Lord for you. If you have felt afraid, if you have felt vulnerable, if you have been wondering if things were going to work out okay, they are, because God is in control. Just wait on the Lord. Not suggesting we be slack or negligent in well-doing. We're not supposed to do that. We're not even supposed to grow weary in well-doing. We're supposed to continue on. But God is faithful, and yes, he is in control. Senator Lindsey Graham, he's a Republican from South Carolina, boy, he said uh, yesterday, he said he's going down to the southern border. He's a longtime senator, as you know, Republican. He said if he's denied the ability to go anywhere on the border that he wants to when he gets down there because he's an elected official and a senator, he represents not himself but the, all of the people of his state. He said if, if, if he's not allowed to go anywhere he wants to and look at what they're doing at the border on Friday, day after tomorrow, he said we're going to come back and shut down the Senate. Well, who are we? Well, it's he, and he's taking... He's taking 18 other senators with him on Friday. They're going down to the Mexican border. He said, if I'm denied the ability to look any place I want to go, we're going to shut the Senate down. Where He said, where are all the liberal hypocrites? 
Where is AOC? Where is Elizabeth Warren? Where is Vice President Harris, who basically protested outside of a facility at Homestead, Florida during the Trump years? Because she said they were holding migrant children. He said, where are these people? Well, anyway, he and 18 other senators are going after tomorrow. They're going to the border. It'll be interesting to see if they're kept out. I mean, the border basically is closed to the press and anyone else that's asking questions. It's unprecedented, but it's not getting a lot of press, a lot of coverage in our press, other than just a mention that we sure wish we could see what was going on down there. Well, I've got a little insight for you today about what's going on down there, and it isn't pretty, and that's why that's why the Biden administration has blacked out coverage. Um, it's amazing. The people that are so quick to criticize... Yet when it comes to their own ill-doing, the first thing they want to do is turn off the lights, pull pull the curtain, of the shroud around what they're doing, and continue in the dark. But I think people are onto that, and it's, they're not going to let it happen. Jim Clifton is the chairman and CEO of Gallup, the uh, polling company. They've been around for a long time. He wrote an article this morning, and it was published about an hour ago. And here's what he said. It's a short article. Let me share it with you because it relates to 10 years ago today, I mentioned the shift in demographics. One in six Americans were Hispanic. Here's what Jim Clifton, the chairman and CEO of Gallup, said about an hour ago. He said, here are questions every leader should be able to answer regardless of their politics. How many more people are coming to the southern border? And what is the plan? He said there are 33 countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. Roughly 450 million adults live in the region. Gallup asked them, his company, asked them if they would like to move to another country permanently if they could. He says a whopping 27% said yes. He says that means roughly 120 million would like to migrate somewhere else other than the country they live in. This is Latin American, Latin America and the Caribbean, 33 countries. He says this means that roughly 120 million would like to, to migrate to another, to another country. So he said Gallup followed up and asked them, where would you like to move? Of those who want to leave their country permanently, 35% of them, or 42 million people, said they want to go to the United States permanently. He said seekers of citizenship or asylum are watching to determine exactly when and how is the best time to make their move. Well, they are. Obviously, they have seen this. Is not, I'm not quoting him now. This is a side. I'm saying this. I'll come back to him in a moment. But this is what's happening at our border now is because once Biden was elected, and it became obvious that he was going to become the next president, they started moving toward the border because they knew and they know what liberal policies, what far-left kinds of policies look like. So Clifton is not uh, mentioning, he's not talking about that part of this, but obviously he knows it. And so he said seekers of citizenship or asylum are watching to determine exactly when and how is the best time to make their move. In addition, he says, 
to finding a solution for the thousands of migrants currently at the border, let's include the bigger, harder question, what about all those who would like to come? What's the message to them? What is the 10-year plan? He said 330 million U.S. citizens are wondering. So are 42 million Latin Americans. That pretty well sums it up where we are today in regard to that issue, and that is a big issue. It's a very big issue. As this ever-worsening crisis on the border expands, even the far-left American press now is starting to ask a few real questions, perhaps not as articulately as Gallup is, but they are asking, they're asking, like, why is this happening? And why is the media blocked from reporting on the extent of the crisis? And whose fault is this? The press is actually asking those questions. First time since Biden was elected. But a quick look at what's happening and why is very revealing. Over the past few weeks, as this border crisis began to worsen, and people begin to ask what and who is responsible for the chaos, the quick response that the Biden administration came up with, vice president who so often is called president by the real president, Biden, but vice president, Harris, immediately said, well, we were had three times in one day I saw the video in different places. They were, she was asked the question, what in the world's going on? Why all the chaos down at the border? And she said, well, we were handled, we were handed a very difficult situation, a very challenging situation, and we're going to get a handle on it. They're blaming Trump. At least three times I heard her explain. She said, I mean, our administration was handed a very difficult situation at the border every time she was asked. President Biden, when he was available and asked, he echoed her explanation. But that isn't true, and I'm not defending Trump. He's doing well without me. But even the New York Times, they're not buying that. Even the Mexican authorities are not buying it. They're saying, no, Trump policies had this thing under control in a way that it had never been in recent years. Both say Trump's policies were working and Biden's are not. Mark that, underline it in your thinking. Progressive, so-called progressive policies almost never work immediately and never work long term. Conservative policies always have a good chance of working because they're always based on solid truth, historical truth, and so on. I'm thinking politically at the moment. But it's so bad that the Biden administration has put this blackout on the press. And that's what Lindsey Graham is talking about when he goes down there day after tomorrow. And I'll pay attention to that. And I'll give you a couple of sentences update. We're not going to spend all of our time on it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, they better let him in. He's pretty fiery. He gets angry easy. I mean, he really gets fired up and he's pretty fired up about this. But it's so bad that they're blocking out the, the reporters. Late last night, there was a there's a guy there that that is, is on the border and he's either working for one of our agencies or he simply is just well informed and he's but he's on the inside there and he contacted this Charlotte Cother, Cotherbertson uh, who's with Epoch News 
And she published an article late last night about what's really going on there. And this is from an eyewitness. And I included that in a a article that I wrote today. It's on our website, Faith and Freedom, Faith A-N-D Freedom. It's fairly, fairly long and very detailed. It's not pretty. But she goes into detail, and this is from an eyewitness emailed to her yesterday, published last night. It's the most current uh, update of what's happening, what's really happening there at the border that I've seen anywhere, because it's one of the only reports that I've seen, the only one, um, and it's very current, that has come out of there. And, (laughs) I mean, she says the family unit holy cells smell like urine and vomit. Fights break out in the unaccompanied minor cells, scabies, lice, the flu, COVID-19 run rampant among these people that are being held. The story, she says, from her eyewitness person who's inside there working in in this area, up to 80 individuals are squeezed into each 24 by 30 foot cell. There aren't enough mattresses for everyone. Sheets of plastic divide the rooms. Any diseases that are in there is being kept in there like a Petri dish. The smell is overwhelming. This person said a border agent told him, who gave her this information, describing the conditions of the facility in South Texas, that it was unbelievable. The Border Patrol agencies on, agents on the front lines are getting so frustrated, uh, we are told, that they're now risking their livelihoods to reveal what's really going on, and they're beginning to try to get news out of this block that Biden has put on them and let the public in America know what's going on because they are so frustrated. The morale is at an all-time low. They're putting their lives at risk, and they can't do their jobs. They're forced to separate a child from an extended family member because he or she is not a biological parent, and and the waves of people just keep coming. The number of unaccompanied minors, this eyewitness says, uh, children under 18 who arrive without a parent is buckling the system. Parents are taking their children or sending their children with these cartel, these coyotes, as they're called. They're sending them to the border. If they can get their kid across the border, then they they too can come. And the cartels are making millions of dollars from these poor people in Latin America, Central America in particular, particularly Honduras and and, uh, some from Guatemala. But it used to be easy to get them out in 72 hours, one of these people tells this eyewitness. Not anymore. They're staying here 10, 12 days, horrible, locked up in these so-called cages. These were called cages during the time of President Trump. Now they're called detention centers. So far this fiscal year, Border Patrol has apprehended more than 29,000 unaccompanied children crossing the border illegally. In all of fiscal 2020, just over 33,000 were apprehended. This year's numbers are on a trajectory to surpass the 2019 crisis numbers when 80,634 minors were apprehended. It goes on and on, but that's kind of a taste of it. As I said, faithandfreedom.us, that's our website. I wrote an article about some of the things I'm talking about today, and, and I included the article that I was just referencing here, and there's a lot more information there if you want to know that. So check it out. 
But even NBC, NBC, they're getting upset at the Biden administration. These are the people that elected him. I mean, they they were right in the in the ranks. They were marching in lockstep with the Biden campaign and all that kind of thing. Well, now they're blaming him. Uh, the, the pandemic, they say, isn't enough. They said even during the pandemic, they Trump allowed us to take in-person tours and pictures of the situation at the border. I'm beginning to think personally that this, as they call it, a honeymoon, you know, the, the, the press, every new president supposedly has a honeymoon. I don't think Trump did, but most of them do. And they go along and, you know, they they don't really get tough with them. I, I didn't really think the press ever would get tough with Biden, but they are over this issue because they don't want to be cut out of what's going on down there. Now, what they do with the news and what they do with what they find is another matter. But they really don't like this idea of not be, having access. And they're saying that uh, the New York uh, or NBC uh, is saying that the Trump administration allowed some border ride-alongs for journalists, along with the the border agents, uh, even during the pandemic. And the, yet NBC says there has not been a single one since January 20, the day President Joe Biden was inaugurated. They're also reporting that this Representative Henry, I think it's pronounced Sellier, something like that. He's a Democrat. He's from Texas. He's upset at Biden. And he, he's he's criticizing him, and he's starting to criticize him publicly. And he's a Democratic guy, a Democrat uh, representative. So the Biden administration is starting to feel the pressure, and the administration finds itself in a difficult position when it comes to, the NBC says, to messaging about immigration. Well, it's hard for them to message because they don't have a message. They're just all of a sudden saying, wow, how did we get into this situation? It's because of a lack of policy and a lack of ability to lead. And that's what we have had the last four years. And there's a stark contrast. On the one hand, NBC says it wants to show voters it has a more humane approach, the Biden administration. While on the other hand, it doesn't want to encourage more undocumented migrants to cross the border. But people in the know and people down in in Central America, and I've said this before, but it it was an important part of my life. I spent a lot of time in Central America and elsewhere, but certainly in these countries, in uh, El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala. And uh, man, I've been there. I've been with the people and we built churches, started churches and and all that kind of thing. I mean, it it wasn't a tour. I wasn't on like a tour in a cruise ship that pulled up to the port. I mean, I was with the people preaching the gospel and having stuff thrown at me sometimes when I was preaching. Really, I did. But nonetheless, uh, these people, are, they're, they're not dumb. I mean, just because they're poor, they're smart. And they know what's going on in America. They knew back in the days when I was with them, and now they really know with the Internet and all that. So they're very well informed. And they do, as we just read from the, from the CEO of Gallup, they do want to get out of their country. A lot of them do permanently. And where do they want to go? You guessed it. The USA. That's where most of the world wants to go, honestly, if they're honest about it, if they had the opportunity. So we're finding that this progressive worldview breeds confusion. Not the utopia that they always try to attach to it. The difference that I have noticed in just 
observing. I've never been, I've never run for an elected office because I have felt I've been an ordained ministry minister my entire adult life, pastor for most of those years, youth pastor, music pastor, real pastor, no, senior pastor. Um, the thing that I've noticed, though, but I've really observed politics because I we're we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And we are, Jesus said that we are not to become salt and light. We are salt and light by virtue of our conversion, our forgiveness, our transformation, our being saved, being born again, whatever you want to call it. But that experience where we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, that is a transformational time in our lives. And those of us who are transformed and forgiven by God himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and that happens by accepting Christ, just simply saying, Lord, I believe. The Bible tells us that those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and who he's risen from the dead, we accept him sincerely into our heart as our Lord and Savior, and he forgives us of our sins, something we can't do for ourselves. We could not do enough good works to offset our sin. We are sinful and broken, all of us. But Jesus Christ loved us so much that he died for our sins and rose from the dead. And we accept that and we ask him to forgive our sins. We're transformed by the power of God. And if you haven't done that, you may be very active in your church or whatever. But I will tell you, you need to accept Christ into your heart. That is the bottom line of Christianity. That's what it's all about. It's not about the church. The church is important. But it's not about that. It's about your relationship with Christ. So those of us who have accepted Christ, we understand that that there is there are these dynamics at work in the culture. And I've observed that the dynamics, the cultural um, policies and the cultural movements that we see that are based on truth extracted from God's word as this country was founded upon those principles versus those that are made up by so-called progressives there is a vast difference. The progressive values never lead to the utopia that they promise. Conservative values are there. It is like building your house on the rock, not the sand. And what we're finding today, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and that is what we're seeing in our culture today. I don't care how religious they claim to be. They're double-minded if they stand against God's principles and God's truth. But what we're finding out now is that we are seeing the words of Isaiah some 2,700 years ago come true in our own time. Evil is becoming good in this culture. The Trump policies were working, the Biden policies were not, but now they're saying the Trump policies didn't work, and the Biden policy will if you'll just stay with us or whatever. But the prophet Isaiah wrote to the people of his time, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. And that's the time in which we live today. We are calling in this culture, we're calling evil good and good evil. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your support. We need it. 
We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. So be sure to be with us. Maybe encourage someone that you know that would enjoy this half hour to join us tomorrow.